0: Alexa, ask Q4 how we're performing in the market.
1: It looks to me as if we have several mediocre-sized institutional buyers all competing for shares.
0: You're listening to The Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations. Hi, everyone. Last month, over a 1,000 IR professionals from around the world convened in scenic central Florida. They golfed, they networked, and they learned at this year's NERI conference. Sessions were heavy on technology, and we've got a special audio report on the zeitgeist. New regulations, advancements in technology... Uh, more engaged investors. Uh, These are just a few of the catalysts that are shaping the future of the IR profession. And humble bragging. We'll find out what it is and why your CEO should never do it. I know words. I have the best words. That's coming up. But first, this week's IR ticker update. Activist taste for large cap targets is picking up this year. Almost a third of U.S. targets in the first half of the year were large caps, according to recent activist Insight data. That compares to an average of 27% between 2013 and 2016, and 26% in the first half of last year. U.S. board appointments hit a seven-year high in 2016. There were four hundred and twenty-one board appointments in the Fortune 500 last year, compared to just about four hundred in 2015. Last year's total is significantly above 348, the medium number of board appointments since he- since Heydrich and Struggles started collecting this data in 2009. Hire Magazine's Ben Ashwell sat down with Hydrick and Struggles, Jeffrey Sanders to find out more about how Fortune 500 boards are looking to bring in new and diverse perspectives.
1: So, Jeff, there was a seven-year high in board appointments in the Fortune 500, according to your research, yet the number of board seats fell slightly. Does this indicate an increase in board members retiring, or are boards getting better at refreshment? I think boards are getting better at refreshment. Mm -hmm. Um, We're seeing boards do far more to make sure that their composition and the skill sets that they bring forward Better reflect the strategies of business and what is going to be required to effectively govern the businesses. So, mm-hmm. constantly taking a look at um, what markets are we entering? You know, what's our customer set look like? What new businesses are we getting into? Mm-hmm. And do we have people sitting around the board table that can bring a you know a fresh and interesting perspective to that? Sure. Now, two thirds of the board members appointed last year are either current or former CEOs and CFOs. That may sound like a lot, but it, it represents a decrease of seven percentage points from the previous year. Does this suggest that boards are broadening their definition of what's needed? And if so, are there any kind of functional backgrounds or skill sets that are driving this? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the, the, the functional skill sets that we're seeing that, that are, are being added to boards, I would say as talent continues to play an important mm-hmm. role, sure. succession planning at all, at all organizations, um, at all levels in an organization plays an important role. Mm-hmm. We're beginning to see heads of HR added. We're beginning to see a lot of concerns around cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And so people who either have expertise in that area or are leading companies that have a similar concern or focus are being added, general counsels. Um, if you're a consumer business, certainly bringing uh, in retail and e-commerce perspective, bringing a social media perspective, those are all areas where we're seeing our clients focus on. Mm-hmm. And, and what tips would you give uh, to onboard uh, the, some of these sort of first-time board members? Uh, what advice would you give your clients when, when thinking about that? Well, I think it, where we see it work well is where, one, other board members are accepting the fact that these are people that it is their first time sitting in a boardroom. Sure. And oftentimes they're appointing somebody who will be a mentor to that person coming in, mm-hmm. who will kind of help guide them, help them understand the culture of the board, how the board works, mm-hmm. and then encourage, coach, and mentor them as they go through the process, particularly in their first year.
0: This year's IR Magazine Euro Awards registered a southerly shift in IR excellence. IR Magazine's roving awards maven Garnett Roach witnessed the event, and she joins us now live on tape from the mezzanine lobby of London's fabulous Park Lane Hotel. Garnet, can you hear me?
2: Hi, Jeff. Yes, we've had a really great night here at the Park Lane Hotel, Um, We've had 29 awards handed out in total, including the uh, best IR officer award for the smaller mid-cap going to Dennis Weber from Hugo Boss, and the large cap award going to Rolf Waller from Continental. In the overall investor relations category for the small and mid-caps, we had um, Lanxus taking home the award, and... The number one hot spot for the Best Overall Investor Relations in the large cat company went to Spanish firm Iberdrola, once again taking home quite a few awards in the evening. Another big winner on the night was AstraZeneca, which took home the Best in Region Award for the UK and Ireland, as well as the Best in Sector Award for Healthcare, and the Best Investor Event Award in the Self-Nomination What you can hear in the background there is the applause for the final announcement of the self-nomination categories, which is this year's Rising Star category. And the winner is Duncan Brown from Saga. I didn't say this out much March of you, to receive an award for a uh, performance of La La Land as well. So uh, that's, that's a swing and a miss on, on my behalf. It's um, a huge honour to, uh, to receive this reward tonight for the, uh, the rising star category, um, especially in an industry that I consider is it's rising in itself. Um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to come into it and, and be with it while it's, while it's growing so rapidly and becoming an ever more important part of the corporate setup. Um, and thank you very much to IR Magazine for you know, putting on such a wonderful event tonight. I know we I know all had a fantastic time. Um, and I hope it continues so thank you very much we've now got all the winners up on stage, all celebrating we've got Adidas, Amadeus AstraZeneca, BASF, Deutsche Post T-Mobile and a whole load more having a fantastic night at the IR
0: Magazine Awards, London 2017. Garnet Roach. The Euro Awards followed on the Euro Leaders Think Tank, held at Berenberg's London offices on Threadneedle Street. And now, the many moods of NERI. 2017. New regulations, advancements in technology, uh, more engaged investors, uh, these are just a few of the catalysts that are shaping the future of the IR profession. When we looked at this program, we wanted something to provide solutions to the challenges that we're all faced with every day. That aren't addressed in the old play, IR playbook. The newer track is innovations in investor relations, and that addresses um, not only technology that's new in the investor relations profession, but also what's changing. What, you know, what are best practices? Um, and, and for example, you know, how are companies using data these days that they didn't use um, in the past? data, big data, data, big data, new trends, new tracks, new ways of looking at things. Robo advising, uh, electronic trading, systems of machine learning.
2: Artificial intelligence data trend
0: and pattern recognized These things have a tendency to create abundance, 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 abundance,
2: abundance, abundance, abundance. abundance, abundance. I'm very optimistic. When I started doing proxy contests 30 years ago, if you wanted to communicate with a shareholder, you had to actually do a mailing to a shareholder or hope that some newspaper published an article. Now, you know, you can tweet.
0: Everything's really being driven by mobile. By mobile. Mobile.
2: There was a show of hands at one of the seminars that was held, and uh, less than 50% of the audience were actually aware of uh, MIFID 2. The dynamic of MIFID 2 means that people, uh, especially IR officers, are going to have to be much more engaged with the sell side and take on a lot more responsibility themselves to reach out to the buy side directly. do that, they need to use technology, and it's one of the things that we've been talking to people about here at the conference, and they'll have to do a lot more with a lot less.
1: Confundance, confundance, confundance.
2: Do a lot more with a lot less.
1: Confundance, confundance, confundance.
2: Do a lot more with a lot less.
0: It's an entirely different profession than than a lot of people think of it as. You can hear the full interviews on our YouTube page. Up next, more and more research is showing that the medium really is the message. In general, quarterly performance is something to brag about. But it turns out your CEO's boasts can backfire under the wrong circumstances. New research shows that when the disclosure medium is a conference call, investors are more willing to invest if the CEO brags about her firm's performance than if she's modest. But the exact same boast, in tweet form, inclines investors to be bearish. Humble tweets, on the other hand, make them bullish. Frank Hodge is professor of accounting at the University of Washington. Be very careful about matching your message with the medium. You know, you can't just take the same message and transfer it across different mediums. You have to be careful about what is the expectation of someone in a Twitter environment? What is the expectation of someone coming to a conference call? And uh, match the message to the medium. If you end up bragging on Twitter, where people expect more of a social environment, then it comes back to bite you. Besides bragging and modesty, the researchers also studied investor reaction to the new and obnoxious phenomena of humble bragging. The scientists say humble bragging is a distinct dimension, apart from bragging and modesty, because the motive for false modesty is transparent. Here's an example tweet from T-Mobile CEO John Legere. When you focus on your customers, you win. When will the carriers get it? Something about that guy and the way he says things just sounds annoying. Unsurprisingly, the researchers confirmed that's basically how investors feel too. And that goes no matter what the disclosure media. You can hear the Ticker podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Flipboard, in glorious color on YouTube. That's all for this week's show. Thanks for listening. In Montreal, I'm Jeff Cassette. You've been listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app. Look at those hands, are they small hands? (laughs)